What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Dexter New Blood episode one spoiler discussion slash review titled Cold Snap is the name of the episode. I am Jacob Bartley, and this is a new video or podcast uh, series that I'm going to be starting called Talking Decks with Jacob Bartley. And I am Jacob Bartley. I am uh, one half of this Bartley and Barnes YouTube channel. If you're tuning into this and you're seeing, oh, cool, it's a Dexter review. I'm a Dexter fan. But this, uh, you know, this YouTube channel, Bartley and Barnes, what is that? Uh, that this is a, um, YouTube channel with my buddy, Keith Barnes, where we talk about movies, music, sports, pop culture, things in general, mostly movies, to be honest, and television, but we kind of talk about anything we want and it's an outlet. If Keith wants to do a review of something that he wants, that's, he's watching, he'll do it. And same for me. So there's no reason for us to create another separate YouTube channel just for Dexter talk, especially because once the season's over, it's not like we can keep the channel going necessarily. But I will say, uh, I don't want to make this podcast overall in the long run just about Dexter New Blood. I've been wanting to do a Dexter related thing for a while, and uh. I think this is the, the right place to do it. And also talking decks is going to, after this season's over, I'm going to also possibly do uh, reviews of the entire uh, first eight seasons. I am also, <clears throat> I've, I've also audio booked all of the Dexter books. And I don't think there's a lot of coverage online about the Dexter books. And they are very fascinating. And somewhat similar but very different from the series and the character is different also in the books a little bit so i'm going to be talking dexter books as well but today we are talking dexter new blood episode one cold snap there's no doubt about that we're going to get to that in a second but real quick i want to take a quick second to just talk about dexter and what the character and the show and the books mean to me and ultimately why I'm doing this review show. So I was aware of Dexter growing up as a kid, like not as a kid, but like a teenager. I knew about Dexter. And every time it would come up, people that I knew, my aunt, my mom, friends, whatever, they would say, oh my goodness, you haven't seen Dexter. You have to watch Dexter. And I'm like, okay. And to be honest, but prior to watching it, and I hadn't audio booked the books or anything like that. I was like, oh, it sounds kind of cheesy, like a show about a serial killer who kills other serial killers. Like that could be done well. It's a cool idea, but it I don't know how it's executed on television. And so I kind of stayed away for a while, but then I kept hearing, I just kept getting it recommended to me specifically and people telling me that I would love it. So I watched, I binge watched the first eight seasons um, last year in, in 2020, and 
I absolutely love it. It is in my top three favorite shows of all time, uh, as, at least as far as dramas go, and that's Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, and Dexter. And I, I look, Breaking Bad and Sopranos are better than Dexter overall, like as a whole series, but Dexter might be more special to me. And really quick to sum it up, look, Dexter, the character, isn't just about, oh, he's a serial killer. He struggles with um, eternal, you know, battles within his mind and within his soul uh, with the Dark Passenger. And if you don't know, his Dark Passenger is the thing that drives him to kill, basically. And it's just an urge and, and it kind of has a life of its own inside of him. And I think a lot of us have our own Dark Passenger, whether it's, you know drug addiction, whatever the case is, you know, uh, food addiction, whatever it, whatever it is, you know, alcoholism, it, we all, a lot of us have a dark passenger of our, passenger of our own so we can relate to Dexter and that's why he's so special and that's why I connect with him. So, uh, yes, Dexter, new blood, oh my goodness, I have been waiting for this for so long on Showtime and... I'll say right off the bat, I had a feeling or I, I knew it was a possibility that I wasn't going to like it, but I was like, I'll probably like it. It's Dexter. We, you know, we've gone up and down through seasons, uh, especially like five through eight. And I'm like, okay, let's see what we got here. Knew a little bit about the setting, what they were going for. Obviously had seen the trailers. And I'll just cut to the chase right now. I absolutely freaking loved this episode. And it is not one of those situations where no matter what they did, you were going to love it. It's not that. I was prepared to not like it if, if that was the case. I was prepared for that if I needed to be. And because there's episodes or seasons of Dexter that weren't my favorite. And... When this started, it it really, you know, it really blew my mind. And <clears throat> so, first of all, I want to say about um about the opening of the show. So there's no opening credits, and as as we're used to. So obviously, you know, we have the infamous uh, super long uh, intro for Dexter and. While, yeah, it's nostalgic and at the time it was really creative and worked for the show, I, I'm i glad they didn't do first. Well, obviously they couldn't play the intro from the first or from the original series because he was in Miami. He was in his Miami apartment walking out in the, you know, of his apartment with the ding. And that would not work with this show. But I thought there was a possibility they do a new opening credits in this new world that he's in. Maybe showing us his routine through the opening credits. That could have been cool. But they just, you know, show us a title card and you see the the ice go over Dexter Newblood. And I, I liked it. This is a new era of television and we don't need the... Um, 
we don't need the long opening credits anymore. Like that's just not the way television uh, should be done. So that's all good. Like we don't, <clears throat> yeah, we definitely like didn't need that opening credits. And I, and we got the song, the theme in the, uh, in the other credits or at the end credits. So that was totally fine. So there was nothing wrong with that. I uh, actually really, really liked that. Um, yeah. And that, that really worked for the show, to be honest, that really worked for the show. And now one other thing that I freaking like absolutely thought worked really well is the setting is the setting of Dexter set in this iron Lake, New York. Um, and you know, we hear, Oh, Dexter's in New York now. And you think like the big city, but no, he's in a fictional town, iron Lake, New York, where, um, where he it has kind of been hiding out and it's, it's a small town and he has kind of made it his home. He knows it's one of those towns where everybody knows everybody. He literally knows everyone that he walks by. Now it's been 10 years since the event of Dexter events of Dexter season eight. And we don't know how long he's been in iron Lake specifically, but he's been there for a long time, whether it's 10 years or eight years or five years. That's a long time to get acquainted with your town and your people, especially it's one of those towns where everyone knows each other. You know what it kind of reminds me of? And in a good way, I recently watched Mayor of Easttown uh, with Kate Winslet. Amazing show. And that town that she's in with, with the snow and, and all that, and everybody knows each other. It kind of felt like that. And I think that's great. Like you put Dexter in that setting. That's awesome. And uh, that, yeah, that's just great. It, it really, really worked. Um, and another thing that I thought they did really well was uh, set up. He has this relationship with the cop and I, I'm her name is escaping me right now. Let me see here. Is it Angela? Okay. So he's dating Angela Bishop. And she's a cop in town. And there's a few things that that does. Um, first of all, he is dating again, which is good to see. And it, again, it no matter where he is, even though he's he used to be in Flashy Miami where everybody's watching you and how, you know, you probably couldn't walk down the street without getting caught on somebody's cell phone he had to create a fake life there. He also has to create a fake life here in Iron Lake. So he has to work at the store at the, the gun store. He has to date. He has to make friends, do these things, go out and be social. Otherwise people are going to get suspicious about who he is. So obviously he has to date. He seems like he really likes this girl. You never know with Dexter. Um, unless he tells us, uh, he, we know he loved Rita. Um, it seemed like he loved Lumen and he loved Hannah, but you never know with him uh, if he's if it's actual genuine love or artificial. But he seems like he really gets along with her, and I'm wondering and I'm wondering if he actually really likes her or this next thing that him dating the cop does. Now, 
it seems like because this town's so small that he would already know all the cops and everything um, from the town. And that's possible. But in him dating the cop, what they did is they made it so he's involved in the police force. And he's like in the like, okay, so you look at the original series, right? And look at the original series. And he was a blood spatter analyst for the for Miami Metro. And his sister was the was a cop, a detective there. And she was a she eventually became lieutenant and, and all that and all that, right? So he's a serial killer hunting other killers and he basically had access to the crimes he had all of these avenues in order to you know uh, research people uh use his lab equipment to investigate other serial killers he was always in the know on what was going on because because like the cops would be looking into the same the same type of uh people that he would be looking into in, in murdering and we've seen it before where he sways and you know throws the cops off their path and all that right so so like he was very involved with Miami Metro in the original series right and that was the kind of an i part of the identity of the show having him date one of the cops in Iron Lake, this small town, again, has him involved with the police force. And I thought that was great because how do you have Dexter? You know, you could have, but now we have this element of Dexter New Blood where, oh, if any crime comes up, all those type of things, he's going to be in the know because he's dating a cop at the police station. And thanks for stopping by, Jake. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for the cool thumbnails. What's a Dexter? Well... A Dexter, this Dexter is a very uh, coordinated monster, you could say. Um, somebody who has a, or this Dexter specifically, he has a undeniable urge to kill. He can't control it. And he basically channels it and uses that urge to take out bad guys and other serial killers. He tries to stick to a code which is he never kills anybody without 100% definitive proof that they deserve to die which means that they're a killer so that they've killed intentionally in the past or recently whatever the case is that's what this Dexter is all about and he and through that he loses everybody he loves and cares about and now he's hiding out in Iron Lake now there's a few other things that I really liked about this uh, episode to start off. Another great thing is he works at the gun shop, right? And I was talking about how he he was a he worked he was a forensic scientist at in Miami, right? So he was able to research and look up anybody he wanted, and he had access to records and things like that. Now that he works at the gun store, technically, so because we saw the guy come in try to buy the gun all that and he he had to wait and this guy matt uh he had to wait to get his gun to clear the background check 
all those type of things, right? So Dexter is able to um he's able to use that, you know, background check thing to look up potential victims or potential killers that he wants to do. So that so that was cool. And of course you have the serial killer working at the place with the guns and the and the knives and all that, which is super ironic. I actually really love the supporting cast. Now, look, I only watched episode one, so I'm not familiar with all these new characters yet. I don't know their names off the top of my head like I know all the original characters. So uh, when I bring up a character, it's going to take me a second to uh, to kind of remember their name. But I think Fred, oh, the owner of the gun shop, Fred, that character was great. And it's so cool seeing Dexter interact with all these new characters. And it's kind of funny because... We know Dexter, us Dexter fans. So we're like looking at it through. This is Dexter talking to all these people. And we know he's just bullshitting them and pretending to be James Lindsay. And that's funny. Hey, RD Films, thank you for stopping by. Even if you're not a Dexter fan, I appreciate it. Uh, The support and the comment. Thank you. Uh, Seeing you on Apocalypse Movies, checking us out a lot. So appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, so the... Him just going around talking to everybody, that was hilarious. Now, I will say, the first 30 minutes of the episode, I'll say the first half of the episode, didn't feel like Dexter. and But I think that's a good thing because what they said, there's a they have a Dexter New Blood wrap-up podcast with the writer and the producers, and he brings on guests. They've had a lot of the old cast members on there. You should go check it out. And what they said on there was that they didn't want to make this Dexter Season 9. And I get that. They want it to be its own thing. This isn't its own thing. It's kind of a a soft reboot in a way or just a continuation, but it's a new story. It's not hanging out at Miami Metro and, you know, the, the beautiful colors all around and the Miami crime. It's not that anymore. It's a new thing. And they established that we got a very different view of Dexter in the first 30 minutes and while it didn't feel like Dexter, I think they had to do that because they they were preparing us that this is not your regular Dexter show. It's not. And better get prepared for that. So that's what they kind of did with this. But slowly, as the show st- kept going on, it started to feel more and more familiar, more and more like the Dexter that we know mixed into this new setting and this new tone and style of Dexter New Blood. And one of the things that was familiar for us that we got it right at the beginning, actually, which was very surprising. We got Deb. We got Ghost Deb. Now, if you know, the in the original show, his dad, Harry, the one who trained him and prepared him, set him on his path, gave him the code, all of that, he would speak to his dad, Harry, you know, in his head, basically, he would imagine him there. But on screen, we would see the actor who plays his dad. And he would communicate with him. But hes it's in his head. But as a viewer, we're watching him talk to him as if he's really in the room. So what a perfect way to bring back Jennifer Carpenter for this. Because his sister is dead, right? she It's clear that she died in the season finale the series finale of Dexter in season eight. No bringing her back. So 
we already have this established lore of Dexter where he communicates with his father. Now, his sister was the person he was closest to his entire life. He says in the very first episode of Dexter ever that if he could love, if he could feel feelings, it would be for Deb in a family sisterly way. Not in the way that she feels about him later on in the series, but it's just brilliant because you didn't have to force a way to bring Jennifer Carpenter back. The, the method, the, the tool to use her again is already there and a huge part of the Dexter mythology or lore, whatever you want to call it. That kind of wrote itself for the writers. Like they did a good job of writing it, but I'm saying that idea was an automatic. They like, it just already sets itself up for them because of the work they've done in the past. And that was brilliant. And I really liked Jennifer Carpenter's performance in this because there are times in the original series where she kind of goes AWOL and kind of maybe is like overacting the scene sometimes. But I get it because that's the character. But now that she's dead and she's kind of bitter towards Dexter and, and in his head... He's feeling he's feeling very just down and like there's no hope. So his the Deb in his head is kind of more bleak in a way. She's not the firecracker Deb who's cursing all the time. And I thought that even though it's not really Deb, it's just all in his head, his dead sister that he's talking to. I thought that the way they altered the character to make her fit this new series, but also stay true to who she is. I thought they did a really good job with that. And I'm looking forward to see how that develops over time because it makes sense that they don't have him talking to Harry anymore. It's been a long time, especially like 10 years since season eight. And yeah, it's been a long time, but now that Deborah's dead. And also if you brought back the actor who played his dad, he would look a little older. They can, they can, um, you know, de-age him or whatever, but it, or maybe he looks very similar. Who knows? But I just thought that was the right way to go is to have, so you can have Deb in this series constantly talking to him. That was, that was handled very, very well. Now, when, when this show, when this episode got really, really good is when they started to introduce some conflict here and you had this rowdy guy, uh, I think his name's Matt and he, kind of uh you know he got on dexter's radar because he comes in the gun shop he's acting all crazy he's like he wants to buy this big rifle and he's like swinging the knife around at dexter and swinging the knife around at his friend and he seems very um you know like he doesn't have care about consequences or anything like that especially when it comes to violence and dexter is very annoyed with this character and i love there's a few moments in this episode where it's like, yes, that's what Dexter does. And when the guy first comes in the store and he's all talking to him and you see uh, Michael C. Hall, he goes like, like he, he breathes in and he wants to just punch this guy in the face, but he's just stopping himself from doing so. And I, I thought that was just handled hilariously. Once he starts looking into this guy, he, he has to deliver the gun to him and he sees the way he is, and he, as soon as he delivers the gun to him, the guy's like, like swinging it around, aiming it at Dexter, like just playing around. And it's like Dexter's like, okay, this guy's a loose cannon. 
but also when he was delivering the the gun at the party one of the dude's coked out friends told dexter like can't believe i covered up for that guy he you know he killed he basically uh was playing chicken with somebody on the boat and the other boat you know submitted and he still rammed into their boat either way and killed six people so this is where dexter gets his proof some some guy some friend who's mad at the dude tells him that i covered up for him he he killed those six people on the boat now dexter has his proof okay if i had to he fits the code i can kill him okay but what we find out is through talking with his sister deb in his head that he hasn't killed in 10 years so he hasn't killed since we last saw him kill in dexter season eight whoever his last victim was i don't even remember but he hasn't killed since then and that's a major major thing because i've been re-watching dexter i'm on near the end of season seven right now I've been watching it just to get prepared, freshened up for this new series. And uh, a couple things I noticed, uh, one, th- a couple things that I, that stood out to me that I wanted to take into this show with me was after Rita dies and he, uh, you know, Aster and Cody go live with their grandparents. He really is all about Harrison. He really is all about Harrison. And we're going to talk about Harrison. We'll talk about Harrison to end the show. So, and all he's saying, every episode, he's like, I just want to be a good dad to my son. Like when he's talking to the audience, right? And it's constant. And you could see that he genuinely wants to do that in the show. So that was already, that's like the foundation of, his relationship with Harrison and what we could possibly see in this series, right? He, other than fulfilling his urge and Deb, Harrison was the most important thing in his world back from like seasons five through eight. Right. Okay. Also when Deb finds out that he's the Bay Harbor Bircher, that he is a serial killer, they have a lot of interesting conversations and I forgot about this from the first time I watched it, but he tells Deborah, he explains to her how it physically feels to go so long without a kill. And he just says, this pressure keeps building up inside of me. And I physically feel it. I like, go up to my head and I feel like my head's going to explode. And he explains it way better than I do. And there's a few other things like that, but like I'm at, he's feeling this pain inside and it's just like his head's going to explode. So for him to go 10 years without a kill is major, is major. And I think that's why we see him chasing the the deer or whatever it is, the animal in the woods. He's chasing the animal. He aims the gun at it, but he doesn't kill it. But I think the reason he's doing that is because part of what he part of what he loved about killing so much was the hunt and tracking down his, his victims, investigating them, proving that they're guilty, capturing them, killing them. Okay. Him chasing that animal through the woods 
and pretending like he's going to shoot it and then not, I think that was a way for him to cope with not killing. And as we know, when he was a kid, he first started with killing animals. So I, I thought they didn't say that. They showed it. And I liked that a lot. I liked that a lot. And then that ties into this douchebag guy who comes in and while Dexter's interacting with this animal, just trying to, you know, be friendly with it, the guy shoots the animal right when Dexter's standing right next to it. And I'm like, oh, my God, he could have killed Dexter right there. Like that nobody's you know, you can never be too safe with that. So he shoots the animal while he's right next to him. And that's when Dexter's like, OK, this guy got to go. And it's crazy to me because he hasn't killed in 10 years. He was talking to Deborah in his head and she was telling him that you haven't killed in 10 years. I'm so proud of you. So. After that happens, he hits the guy with the rifle and he takes him back and uh, takes care of him. Prior to all this, we see somebody get dropped off in the town. They're lurking. They're spying on Dexter. Dexter go. And we saw this in the trailer where he's, he's in his house. It's all dark. And he says, who are you? And the, the kid's like, it's me, Harrison. And. This scene, oh my God, this scene was crazy to me because this is what we've all, like, if they did this series and they didn't bring Harrison into it, I think fans would throw outrage. And we get Harrison in episode one, like full story, like right into it. And look, this is only 10 episodes. So I like that they're setting all this up right away. That is great. That is just like, they're not wasting any time. And you might say, oh, this episode was so slow to start off with. No, it was slow, but they had to set up the environment setting. They had to establish what Dexter's doing, how he is now. Like, he's kind of a little bit different than he was. He can be like, he can seem, you know, in in Miami, he had to act all, like, smiley all the time and, and happy. Maybe he... Seem feels like he can act a little sad in this town, even though he's very friendly with everybody. So they, while starting off slow in the first half, they really established, they got right to Deb, they got right to Harrison, they got right to him killing again. We got all that stuff, and, and that was great. Uh, but that scene with him interacting with Harrison and how when he first sees Harrison that it's him, he's like, Harrison. And then Deb's in his head is telling him, no, you cannot get close to him. Look at all the people who have died. LaGuerta, Dokes, uh, Deborah, Rita, all these people who have died, right? Because of Dexter. And I mean, his dad, I mean, I think last we saw his dad technically killed himself because he turned Dexter into a monster that, or at least he thought that. So Dexter's everybody he loves has died around him. And if, you know, he probably feels like because of him. So he actually turns Harrison away. And I was like, no, they cannot do that. And sometimes shows do things like that. And then they drag it on for like four episodes. And then in the fourth episode, they finally, oh, oh, now he accepts Harrison and brings him in. That's not what we got. We got him going back to Harrison. And now 
I want to talk about two more things, or I want to talk focus on two things that I've already kind of talked about to end this episode, and that is him killing again, and that scene, the kill room scene in this episode, and then him going back to get Harrison, and it kind of ties into Deb as well. So he takes this guy after the whole incident with the animal and him shooting him. Dexter knocks him out, and then he takes this dude to a shed a kill room and sets it all up but it's like a it's like a poor man's version of what his kill rooms used to be you can see he's rusty he's not as precise he's not like he breaks glass and tries to put the blood in just like between two pieces of glass instead of an actual blood slide and i before i forget about it i love that he says i don't need tropas anymore and he throws the blood side down and he's like Yes, I'm a monster, but I'm an evolving monster. And I I kind of like that we're not getting the blood slides anymore. And because that was just such a great moment for him to let go of his routine or what he thought he had to do before. But him interacting with this character, Matt, this was one of the best kill room scenes. Honestly, it ranks up there for me because the acting was very good for Michael C. Hall, but actually from I believe his name is Stephen M. Robertson. Yeah, Stephen M. Robertson. He plays the, the Matt guy, and he plays um, Clancy Brown's son, which is going to be very interesting. But when Matt's talking to him, he's like, it's not my fault. He's like, I... Well, he gets him to admit to killing those people on the boat, and the guy's like, it's not my fault. I, you know, I had a shitty childhood, all that. And Dexter's like, really? You're using bad parenting as an excuse? And he's like, my parents died when I was, my." he doesn't say this, but he's like, my parents died when I was young. And implying, obviously, with his mom getting chopped up in the shipping container with a chainsaw in front of him and being left in blood for three days. He's referring to that. And it's like, you had your parents and they were just, they weren't, the best at raising you and that's that's your issue here and dexter <coughs> excuse me dexter seems to have a little bit of sympathy for him a little bit of sympathy for him but it's so funny uh, some of my favorite moments from the original series is when dexter is it talking to his victims and he just becomes himself and he starts yelling at this guy. He starts because earlier the guy was teasing him with the knife like, "Ooh, I'm going to stab you. And then Dexter was doing that to him. And then when he yells at the guy, it was just so classic Dexter. And I love that. So and at this point, he starts talking to the audience again. Um, in the first half of the episode, we get no. A voiceover from Dexter, right? And that's why it didn't feel like Dexter. But slowly, as the episode kept creeping in, we started to get the voiceover. And once he, once he started to like get ready to kill this guy, we started to get the voiceover again. And this is when it really started to feel like Dexter again. So that was so brilliant. And at this point, once he kills him and that ecstasy that he feels, I'm like, yes, Dexter is back. And not that I want him want people to die but they always do a really good job of showing you that 
in Dexter's eyes, these people deserve to die. Maybe they should face the justice system, whatever the case is. But in his, uh, we always understand from Dexter's perspective why he's killing this person. And I thought they did a really good job of this because this guy is a nutbag. He's a loose cannon. He's he's swinging knives around, sh- drunk at a party, waving a rifle around, shooting animals when a human being standing right next to them. This guy had to go in Dexter's eyes. Before he kills this guy, he says, my dad will rain hell on you. He's he's going to find you and come after you like you're going to regret this. And then Dexter's, I forget what he says, but he says something funny and he stabs him. Okay, and then as he's chopping up the body and taking it out to the truck, Deb's, Deb's in his head like, what are you doing? And he's like, not listening to you. Earlier in the episode when he faces Harrison, he turns him away. Because Deb's in his head telling him, no, you can't be close to Harrison. Like, he's going to he's gonna get hurt being because of you. So he kills this guy. He, he tells Deborah, I'm not listening to you. He goes to the train station to talk to Harrison. Brings Harrison a jacket. Sits down next to him. And for those, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's watching this who hasn't seen Dexter. But... Like, now that his wife's dead, his sister's dead, we don't know where Hannah is, the girl that he was with in season eight who he who took Harrison with her. Harrison is, like, the only thing he has. Like, he has a new girlfriend, yeah, but Harrison is his family's only thing he has. And I just thought it was so sweet when Dexter says, come home, please. And he says, like, he says please come home and it's just such a touching moment and then when they're walking into his cabin and he's talking to the audience and he says my dad trained me protected me taught me kept me safe i'm gonna do the same for my son that felt like a dexter ending but in this new era and i thought that was great and then we see that camera pans out and we see blood in the snow showing us that he dropped blood when moving this guy, um, the guy, Matt, that he killed, that he spilled blood. And the previous Dexter or Dexter from season one through eight rarely ever made any mistake. He always cleaned up his his kill rooms and never made any mistakes like that. But it seems like. He dropped blood in the snow from this Matt guy. And now it looks like this small town. Because look, in Miami, when he would kill somebody and they go missing, nobody batted an eye. It's big city. People come and go. Who knows where this person is? In this small town, when somebody goes missing... It's a totally different story, and I don't think he thought about that. On top of that, when this guy is telling him, my dad's going to come after you, we've heard threats like that before, like certain things. But Clancy Brown is playing the antagonist of this show, and Clancy Brown is this guy's father. 
So this is going to be crazy. This Clancy Brown is going to be the big bad. And they set it up so nicely that they kept saying throughout the, the episode that everybody respects his dad, that his dad is has been coming to that gun shop for years and everybody in the town knows him and respects him. And now it seems like the police station, the entire town, this guy's father are all going to be looking for Matt and Dexter is the one who killed him. And that's the setup for this show. On top of that, Harrison is back and living with Dexter. And I got to say, I was a little worried. I wasn't going to like the actor who played Harrison. Not that he showed me anything in the trailers that made me question him, but I would just, you never know. Like, I didn't know this kid who they got to play Harrison. So I was like, okay, are we going to like his performance? I thought he did a great job in the small screen time that we saw. Like, I think they got a, a real actor, kid actor. He's not a kid. He's a teenager or a young adult, whatever. But they got a really nice young actor to play Harrison. And uh, I, I think that's, uh, I, I like what I've seen so far with that. So, yes, I <clears throat> I freaking loved this episode. I haven't had a show where, like, I have to wait a week in between. I mean, obviously the Marvel shows. So disregard that but like this is just crazy i'm not used to this where you have to wait a, a week to see the episodes but i like it i like it because we get to talk about it because if it was all released at once i would have watched the whole thing maybe did one review boom done but now we get to talk about it every week and talk dexter new blood so can't wait to do it again next week i absolutely loved this episode i and i'm telling you it's not one of those situations where no matter what happens, I would have loved it. It's definitely not. I was questionable going into it. And like the first 30 minutes or so, like in, from that point on, it could have gone either way. It could have been disappointing. It could have been great. And I just thought they handled it all great. They got right to the point with everything. They set it up. He killed this guy. A whole town's going to be looking for him. This guy's father, who's very respected, and we know Clancy Brown is a big man, so he's it's not going to be an easy task for Dexter. And now, when uh, with the police force in town searching for the guy that he killed, along with the guy's father in town, who is supposedly going to rain vengeance on whoever killed his son, with all that going on, Dexter's son is back in the city with Dexter, and now his son's going to be in danger. That's just poetic. That's amazing. So great setup for the new series. I'm I'm all in. Can't wait. And we'll be doing these reviews every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Um, for the next nine weeks after this. So thank you all for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for Jake and Artie Films for stopping by in the comment section. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, so until next week uh, for episode two. Uh, I'll see you then. Uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel if you like Dexter, if you like movies, television, all that stuff. Bartley and Barnes, uh, Keith and I will be um, talking. And I think we're going to do our next episode of Bartley and Barnes this week, probably on Friday. I'm going to talk to Keith and get that confirmed. You can follow me on Twitter at JacobBartley824. Thanks again for watching. Really appreciate it. And I'll see you all next time. Mm -hmm.